Hi everyone, greetings, Welcome to season two of our podcast from our heart to yours. I am Nokanyu Lulundlovu, coming to you from the Heart's Courageous Psychology Clinic. I am a counseling psychologist and an imago therapist. Our podcast is aimed at supporting people who are on a mission. People are on a mission to build safe homes, to build little havens, paradises on earth. Homes where love lives, where there is joy, laughter, contentment, and peace. Homes that are places to run to and not places to run away from. I'm very excited to bring you episode one of season two, whose focus is going to be on increasing pleasure and decreasing pain. Now, if you remember, season one was focused on creating safety and reconnecting with your partner. And the reason why we said this is important is because you get to live in this house. You know, you are building a house that you are going to live in, but not just you, but your, and your partner too, and your family. And so we said you want to build wisely because we all know that no one wants to stay in a house that has got leaks and cracks and crevices. Moreover, the quality of your life is hugely impacted by the quality of your relationships. And no other relationship is as impactful upon you as the intimate relationship with your partner. So it does make perfect sense that you're going to be eager to ensure that you make this relationship a priority. You're going to invest in it as much as you can so that you can withdraw as often as you want to. I mean, imagine going to an ATM machine and you know that you had only deposited 300 and now you want 1,000. Can you imagine the, the ATM saying to me, hello, are you crazy? Are you for real? How are you going to withdraw 1,000 when you only uh, deposited 200? Some of us actually are living under that. Uh, mentality you know we have got this belief that you can withdraw something that you did not deposit but life is going to show us flames because each time you go there the ATM is going to say insufficient funds and I'm talking about the relationship now we have already established that good relationships do not just happen as Dr. Mwemba always says nothing happens until you happen so you have to be intentional if you want results you've got to be intentional about removing negativity from the relationship. You've got to be intentional about closing exits. You've got to be intentional about change, changing you and not your partner. I know we're always very eager to change the partner. We know exactly what is wrong with them. And we know that if they can change one, two, three, then four and five is going to be okay. We're talking here about the fact that you've got autonomy over your own life. You've got to lead yourself. You've got to change yourself. You've got to be intentional about growth. You've got to be intentional about accountability, about taking responsibility. And you must be willing to do whatever is within your power in order to add value to your partner and to the relationship, of course. If the relationship fails, at least not let it not be on your account. Now, our content is based on the principles and tenets of imago therapy. And one of the major sub-issues, of course, we have already said, comes from exactly the mouth of father of imago therapy, who is Havel Hendricks, who actually poses that people are born in relationships wounded in relationships and can be healed in relationships now what this means in essence is that within a committed romantic relationship when there's connection you know when two people are connected and and when they feel each other and when they are a safe space for each other each person has got space to work through unresolved issues from childhood you know those unresolved traumatic experiences from our childhood those bumps and bruises that were sustained from other relationships you know, here, if a relationship is a safe space, then you get to be able to work through those so that you can kind of like get back into the original self, you know, that authentic true self before life happened. The relationship, therefore, in this manner can act as a form of therapy, a vessel for healing and restoration.
However, it is also a fact that the, reserve, the, the reverse can be true, that a marriage can serve as a weapon of destruction. You know, as Ellen White in her book, Edward Thomas said, no one can so effectually ruin a woman's happiness and usefulness and make her life a heart-sickening burden as her own husband. And no one can do one other part as much to chill the hopes and aspirations of a man, to paralyze his energies and ruin his influence and prospects as his own wife. She goes on to say, it is from the marriage hour that many men and women date their success or failure in this life and their hopes of their future life. I mean, this is such a profound statement that here in your power, you've got, you've, you've got the power in your hand. You've got the power to ruin and destroy somebody's life. But at the same time, you've got the power to actually contribute positively, to contribute to this person, to make this person feel supported, to make this person feel like, you know what, I'm not alone. You know, remember when you made those vows, we vowed to love and cherish, to honor, to respect, to support. And we said we were going to be here in sickness and in health, you know, through poverty and through wealth. And sometimes it can be surprising that when the life now gets tougher, we forget all about those vows. And we end up now being a weapon of destruction instead of being a weapon of growth to this person. It's very important for us to be intentional. It's very important for us to be, uh, uh, it's very important for us to be conscious. Now, in emacotherapy, I've already said we've got three stages. We've got the romantic love stage, the power struggle, and the conscious relationship. Now, romantic love, we said, is based both on illusion and reality. Romantic love gives us a taste of what it feels like, you know, to be our most loved and loving self. You know, you encounter this person who matches your emaco, and you said this is an internal image that you carry. It's a representative of the characteristics of your primary caregivers. So you meet this person, and your body is flooded with chemicals like dopamine and oxytocin, you know. Your body is on fire, and now this makes you feel so excited, and you drop your defenses, and now you experience full aliveness. You're like the original true self, authentic before before you were wounded and injured and for a brief moment you are connecting with this and you feel excited and you live an undefended life or you fall in this person's arm like this person's gonna carry you through your whole life this person's gonna slay your dragon this person's gonna be here your shoulder to cry on you know your unconscious self is actually telling you that you have met someone who's going to meet all of your unmet needs from your childhood now, this stage, of course, it does not last. Whatever goes up must come down within a few months. And of course, if you are extremely blessed a few years, reality sinks in. And you come to the realization that actually this person is not an angel. You actually married a fallible human being like yourself, you know, someone who can be selfish and self-centered, someone who can be annoying and frustrating. And this is where you believe like, you know what, my corners here are either not going to be met at all or they are not going to be met to my satisfaction. The partner now no longer jumps at whatever you're you, you asking for. There is no willingness now to go to the moon and back and to satisfy all of your needs. And you, you, you actually realize that, wow, wonder of wonders. The partner actually has got needs too. And they actually expect you to take care of these needs. And this is where sometimes you can feel betrayed and disillusioned and despondent. And now the power struggle has begun, my friend. What you do now is you try to put a lot of energy into trying to get the romantic love back or you now blame the partner for its loss, you know. You know, the non-conscious uh, processes actually or outcomes of the power struggle are very, very significant. So now what is important is that you need to know that some people will move into this hot relationship where there's always fighting and bickering. Some will move into a cold relationship, you know, a parallel marriage where you and your partner are cold, distant, withdrawn, and each does their own thing. 
And the relationship is more like a business transaction. Everyone is just trying to get by, to survive. Ah, this is an ordeal now. Everyone is just enduring instead of enjoying. You're just clenching your teeth and you're getting by each day. Like you've got this burden on your shoulders. And of course, some people will resort to exits. Catastrophic and non-catastrophic. The energy now that should be directed at fostering connecting, uh, uh, at fostering connection and nurturing the relationship that is meant to be here now to build more intimacy is now directed on other things. People now spend all their time at work, on the gym. They spend all their time on the phone with friends. They're on the social media. Someone is glued on the TV, the social media. Someone is focusing on children. One is busy with church activities and house chores, you know. And then sometimes, unfortunately, this way you also now discover people getting or exiting using the catastrophic exits, which are like affairs, addictions, and ultimately, unfortunately, even divorce. Now, but it's important for us to know that like the romantic love stage, the past cycle does not even have to endure forever, you know. It does not seem to be designed to last, but it does seem to have a purpose to provide the conditions necessary for healing and growth to happen. Now, Within the Imago model, we actually see conflict as something that is very, very significant because the essential purpose of a committed relationship is actually trying to happen within this space. You know, Carl Young has got this to say, seldom or never does a marriage develop into an individual relationship smoothly without a crisis. There is no birth of consciousness without pain, my friend. We endure, but finally we get to enjoy. So the past cycle, therefore, is necessary to move us into the next stage. And this purpose now is to restore the functions of the self that were lost in the socialization process that we spoke about in season one. It's to defend against the loss of romantic love. But it's also to heal childhood wounds that were created in the developmental process. The wounds of rejection and abandonment, absorption and neglect, shame and invisibility, are the wounds of guilt and powerlessness. Now, the past cycle is what forces us to confront all those old unresolved issues from childhood. But it also provides us now with the opportunity to work them through in different ways so that we can finish what we did not get done in childhood. Now, Imago Theory actually believes that one of the purposes of marriage is to finish childhood. But in order for this to happen, the relationship must foster safety and connection. In season one, of course, we dealt with this elaborately. And now we want to move to increasing pleasure which is a function of consciousness. We want to move now from self-absorption and the unconscious reactivity to being conscious, present, and receptive. We are moving towards passion and full aliveness, consciously and intentionally. Now, what is a conscious relationship? It is a relationship that fosters maximum psychological and spiritual growth. It's a relationship that is created by becoming conscious and cooperating with the fundamental drives of the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind, like you said before, the brain is constantly scanning the environment. Are we safe? Is everything okay? Can the body come out to play? And unless the conditions of safety are met, the brain is going to be on hype mode, on hypervigilance, on paranoia, not allowing you to enjoy, not allowing you to come and even enjoy safety like sexual intimacy. Now, the unconscious mind's drives are for us to be safe, to be healed, and to be whole. So a commitment to be intentional, present, attuned, empathic, responsive, and connected is what we speak about here in the conscious relationship. Now, what are the 10 characteristics of a conscious relationship? Now here, you realize, my friend, that your love relationship has a hidden purpose, the healing of childhood wounds. Instead of now focusing entirely on the safest needs and on the desires, you learn to realize actually that there are unresolved childhood issues here. 
And these underlie all these frustrations that are happening here. Now, when you look at the relationship with this X-ray vision, your daily interactions are going to take on more meaning, you know, puzzling aspects of your relationship, you know, those puzzling aspects of your partner. Sometimes it gets to be very avoidant and withdrawn. Sometimes it just sucks. Instead of you now saying, oh, he's just being moody. You now believe and you know now that oh, there is more happening now. There is a wound that has been triggered here. What does my partner need in this space? So you understand now these things and they make sense to you. And you now have got a greater sense of control. Instead of you being reactive, you're going to start being responsive. Secondly, you now create a more accurate image of your partner. You know, at the very moment of attraction, you began fusing your love with your primary caregivers. You know, you projected your negative traits onto them. You, you obscured their reality. You obscured who they are. You know, but now when you move towards a conscious relationship, you gradually let go of these illusions and you begin see, to see your partner as your partner. They are not your mother or your father who abandoned you. They are not your mother or your father and they are not here to take care of the needs like the mother or your father does. They are your romantic partner now. You begin to see more of their truth also. You see them not just as your savior, but as another wounded human being who's also struggling to be healed and as someone who also has got needs. You now also take more responsibility for communicating your needs and desires to your partner. Instead of you, you know, in the unconscious relationship, you actually cling to the childhood belief that your partner is going to automatically guess at your needs. He's going to prophesy and know that, oh, when they are sulking, this is what they need. Oh, when they are withdrawn, this is what they need. Oh, when they are fighting, this is what they need. No. In a conscious relationship, you now accept the fact that in order for you to understand your partner, you're going to have to develop clear channels of communication. You now become more intentional in your interactions. Whereas before you reacted without thinking, you allowed the primitive response of your old brain to control your behavior. But now you are training yourself to behave in a more constructive manner. When you open your mouth, you do it with intention. You no longer react and want to hurt your partner back. You like regulate your own emotions. You calm yourself down. You soothe yourself. And then you, you, you actually try to frame now your answer in a way that's going to be more building, more enriching, instead of it being there to cut your partner down to size. You also learn to value partner's needs and wishes as highly as you value your own. You know, in an unconscious partnership, you assume that your partner's role in life is to make you happy. They are here to meet all your needs magically. But here, you now begin to let go of this narcissistic view and you divert more and more of your energy to meeting your partner's needs. So instead of you waking up every morning to be like, what is my partner going to do to, for me today? You begin to be like, what can I do for my partner today? How can I make my partner feel more loved, more cherished? What can I do to add into my partner's tank today? You also embrace the not-so-good side of your personality. You know, in a conscious partnership, you are more open to acknowledging the fact that you are like everybody else. You've got negative traits. Yes, you've got virtues, but you also have got vices, you know. Once you accept the responsibility of this dark side of your nature, you lessen your tendency to project now your negative traits on your mate, you know, which creates less... Uh, now, this creates a less hostile environment. You are now more open to be critiqued and more willing to also accept feedback without being defensive. You are more open now to taking the mirror and looking at yourself now so that you can clean your side of the window. Instead of always thinking your partner has got to do this, your partner has got to do this, your partner has got to do that. You now are more open to be like, okay, let me look at myself. What is it that needs to change in me so that this relationship can begin to thrive? You also learn new techniques now to satisfy your basic needs and desires. 
You know, during the past battle, you complain and suck and mourn and blame in an attempt to coerce your partner to meet all your needs, you know. But when you move beyond the stage, when you become conscious, you now realize that actually your partner can be a resource for you. Once you abandon your self-defeating tactics, you've got to ask, you've got to express it. But you also face the reality that your partner is not necessarily going to meet all your needs all your time. Just every time they are there to meet. Sometimes they are also going to go into their own world where they don't want to do. You know what? When they, when they say in closer and easy, we're like, I'm not coming. I'm not joining this dance. Your partner is going to be like that sometimes. That is why you realize that actually there is a role that is played by God in meeting your needs. You know, the God... That will serve is the one who's going to meet all your needs. He's actually is the only one who says, I am the God who's going to meet all your needs according to my glorious riches. But you also know that your partner can meet some of your needs. Your family also can meet some of your needs. Your friends and co-workers can also meet some of your needs. You now begin to search within yourself for the strengths and abilities that you are lacking. You know, the reason that you are attracted to your partner, at least one of them, was because they had strengths and abilities that you lacked. When you are an introvert and you want to withdraw into yourself, you know, you're, you realize that your partner was extroverted and you are this person who was always out there, sociable, the life of the party. And this is one of the things that you longed for. But now you realize that, you know what, I cannot rely on my partner to always pull me like that. I also now need to be whole. I need to recover lost parts of myself. I need to look deep down within myself and know that, yes, there are times where I'm going to want to withdraw into myself, but there are times when I must will myself to join the people, where I must will myself so that I can grow that mass now that is lacking. In a conscious partnership, you learn that the only way you can recapture truly a sense of oneness is to develop, is to develop all those hidden traits that are within yourself. These things are there. Some of them were stifled, they were repressed during the socialization process. And because you wanted to belong, you wanted to be accepted, then you let go of those. But within this relationship now, you admire things about your partner. And these are things now that begin to wrap onto you so that you can begin to grow more into your wholeness. You also become more aware of your drive to be loving and whole and united with the universe. You are part of the universe, you know, and as part of your God-given nature, you have the ability to love unconditionally and to experience unity with the world around you. Social conditioning and imperfect parenting made you lose touch with all of these, you know, and in a conscious relationship, you begin to rediscover that, you know what, there's more to life than just me and my world. I'm part of a bigger universe. I'm, I'm, I'm part of a community. I'm part of a society that is also looking up to me to actually satisfy and fulfill some of its needs. So now you, you begin to be more open-minded about people and life and love and pouring into other people, pouring into other vessels. And you also accept the difficulty, my friend, of creating a loving, lasting relationship. In an unconscious partnership, you believe that the way to have a good relationship is to pick the right partner. But here, you actually have come to the point of realization that actually, I've got to be the right partner. And as you gain a more realistic view, you realize that actually a good relationship requires commitment. It requires discipline. And it also requires courage to grow and change. You know, if you are going to create a fulfilling, loving relationship, you've got to understand that this is hard work. It does not just happen, you know. Of course, even with mana, it fell from heaven, but you still needed to get out there and collect it. Similarly here, it takes work to actually produce this loving relationship that we are looking at. You know what, my friends? Some of us are doing this thing called marriage in a daze, unconsciously, without any plan or blueprint, you know, hoping we're going to come out with an end product that is beautiful. We need to wake up and smell the roses. No house can be built without a plan. 
And the Bible clearly states that where there is no vision, the nation perishes. And so in our next episode, we're going to look at revisioning your relationship. Here at Has Courageous, we realize that it takes courage to look within and even more courage to do the work that is necessary for the relationship to thrive and for the people in it to stay connected and recover wholeness. Oh, big ups, my friend, to you for taking this step to invest in your relationship. We want you to know that we are praying for you and we wish you love, safety, and connection in your relationship. Talk to you in the next episode.